Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Freelds. And I'm Dave Guzman. And this is Practical Bass, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we dissect it and look at it from a few different angles and hopefully expose some wisdom or some pithy knowledge that is going to help you take your gigs and your gear to the next level. That is our mission. You'll find it on our website at practicalbase.com, where you can get in touch with us through our contact form, or you can simply email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Please don't be shy. Reach out. And even if it's just to say hello, uh, Dave and I love getting uh, listener mail. And you also can find us on social media as well. Facebook, on Instagram, on Google+, Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. And we hope that you will share this podcast with your bass playing and non-bass playing musician friends. And we hope to hear from you soon. So what are we going to talk about today, Dave? Today we're talking about being the student. Being the student, like... Mm -hmm. I have this vision of like, like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. That's right. And like, just whacking your hand against the board again yes. and again. If 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 our listening audience, yeah, if you are of an appropriate age and you are not, uh, and you are not a. Uh, a, a delicate of constitution mm -hmm. uh i highly recommend checking out kill bill because i think uma thurman's whole thing with studying with the master that's the kung it. fu master pai mei is you got the, it that is the thing that's right yeah we're gonna talk uh we're gonna explore practicing habits practicing techniques we're gonna talk about practicing being that student so what so this was actually a topic that that you brought in mm -hmm. and it was really like fully baked. Yeah. So you know, you're 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 taking the lead here. I like, am. How how did you how did you come to this topic as something that you really really wanted to address in yeah. the podcast? Like what made this resonate with you? Yeah, cuz I came at you like hot and heavy with this one. Bam. I think I called you like, like right at the gate, I'm like I know exactly what we should do. And I was like, okay, Dave. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> On a Tuesday. I, that's cool. No, it wasn't. It truly was no. not. But no, go ahead. Yeah, so I have my my personal life schedule has shifted around. It's gotten – I have empty pockets. It's busier at work, but – but there's movement that happened in my schedule. So now yeah, I have yeah. sort of the, this free time. And it's actually um, part of what stirred this up is we um, recently, uh, recently, probably a, f a few weeks back, did uh, did a whole topic around, um, we did a podcast around time blocking. Yes. And and just like any other, any other topic that we explore, it just, it, it'll sit in my head and kind of rotate. Like, do I practice what I practice? preach mm -hmm. or what we explore mm -hmm. am i putting this to use or am i just talking about it and then and and i really try to make sure that it you know actually unfolds into something right so i, th I was thinking about time blocking thinking about time blocking one of the pieces there was that we were talking about time blocking practice meanwhile i'm on the road a lot now so i'm listening to all these podcasts and i'm listening to the, all of these like 
amazing bass players, right? Guys that have been in it for decades and some cats that have been like, they're right out of Berkeley and they're crushing it. And the thing is, is so many of them are talking about their practicing and getting really technical about it. Right. And I, and, uh, yeah. So all of a sudden, like in, in the spirit of being honest with how I manage my time, I like, I hammered myself with these, like these three questions, which is like, number one, how often do I really practice? Like right. every like daily, weekly, what does it really look right. like? Right. Number two, what is practicing to me? Like, it, today, you know, is practicing, is it like practicing songs that I need to learn or working specifically to, you know, to, to learn about the bass and, and music in general? Like wh- where does, where does my practicing actually sit? And the third thing for me was um, like in being honest with myself, where, like what has my, that practicing that I've done, let's say for the past six months or 12 months, can I, can I really show what that's done? Or am I, at more or less a standstill. Like where am I now compared to where I was a year ago? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and this isn't to beat myself up or whatever. I think that there's just times where you just have to be honest with it's, yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you're basically doing that, that kind of self, uh, self-awareness right. and sort of self-examination. Right. And when you don't do that, I kind of feel like that's when you really do get in a rut. It's, it's when yeah. you don't feel as good about your life. If right. you don't ever think about like, what have I accomplished in the last year? Right. You know, it can be a lot more than you think. And on the other hand, if it's not as much as you had hoped, you have the chance to change that, you know, but you can't do it if you never look at it. Right. Yeah. Which is like, and, and we'll get to this, but that for me, this all was kind of coming to a peak, I would say about three weeks ago. And it just hit me and I thought, wow, like, you know, what's cool about recognizing that about being honest with myself is that it does like it doesn't matter you know i can draw the line right now and create habits and then yes. all of a sudden like ex, you know just it just exploded like all these different things that i've always right. said that i wanted to do or whatever and and i do have practicing in place but like i really started to design a plan and i thought this is a great place to talk about what that could look like right. and the starting point for me is to like figure out what does practice really look like? You know, what does it look like to me now? What does it look like in the past? You know? Yeah. And that's probably the first question that I asked. So what, you know, I guess just to, to kind of share what our thoughts are, what our, our views are, what does practice look like for you? Yeah. So I can tell you in the past, Mm -hmm. I spent probably the first four or five years that I was playing bass. Um, that was really, strictly woodshedding. Now I did yep. learn some songs that that is a way that I kind of learned my way around yeah. the fretboard and learned a bit about, you know, taking what I knew already about music because yeah. I played instruments for years and years before I ever picked up bass, but right. I needed to learn the bass role mm-hmm. and like, what is like, what, how do you attack the notes when you're playing bass? Like what kind of parts work in different songs? Right. There was a little of that and I was doing a lot of listening, but I would say more than that, way more than that, the scales were very much tipped mm-hmm. towards playing technique studies, play yeah. scales, play etudes, mm-hmm. play different studies, play, um, you know, fingering different mm-hmm. fingerings for the same kinds of skills, right. learning all the notes on the fretboard up yep. and down and, and having those under your fingers, yes. 
that sort of thing. I mean, it really was more about the basic techniques. Later on, I would say there's a period of probably 10 years mm-hmm. where all I did was just learn songs. Right. And I think my playing probably got moderately better during then, but it wasn't 10 years worth of better. Well, because you're putting it all into action too. You're taking all that, like all that woodshedding and then applying it. Yeah. And if, and you, I think like, I think there's an argument there, right? Like I definitely think that you're, you're advancing, you're taking all those technical skills that, I mean, you can't play scales. I mean, they're, they're scales. Right. Right. You're not going to go like, you don't go to band rehearsal and then say, okay, guys, let's yeah play we're gonna play and see mixolydian yeah yeah let's go yeah well, i can do like like no that doesn't work but and that what's great is that then you get that 10 year span where you get yeah. to like apply it and like that was really benefit yeah that was really all the time of learning how to play with other people right, right? that was the time of like learning the bassists um like learning the role mm-hmm. and and kind of understanding you know what I needed to be doing where I needed to be in the song where I needed not to be sure things like that but nowadays you know I I would say and so that was like maybe the first fifteen years yep. and then I would say you know the last yeah this last ten years or no fifteen years I guess it's I would say I've been more purposeful about it. Mm-hmm. I am not going to lie and say that I practice every day. I don't, yeah. I just don't, I can't do it as a, as a working guy who's got a, like a different daytime job where right. music's not my living. Yeah. And with, you know, I've got two kids, there's the whole family, there's all the other obligations that come with that. Yeah. I don't get to practice every day, yeah. but I do probably practice three times a week, I would say right. on average. And I would say out Which of that good. time, yeah, yeah, it's not bad. That is, yeah. And typically if I sit down to practice, I'm going to do it for a couple hours, which is good. Mm-hmm. And when I sit down, I usually have a goal in mind. And mm-hmm. I would say half the time that I do it, it's for learning songs. I need right. to learn this song or I need to brush up on this or I need to work on this for this gig that I have this weekend right. or this rehearsal that I have this weekend or whatever the case may be. Yep. And I do that because that's where the pay is going to come from, Yeah. right? They don't care if I can play a scale faster than I did last year. They want me to know the songs. Yeah. The other half though is I count that as like my real development time. And so I'll spend that with a, I'll spend that with a study online. Yeah. Like I might find there's a, uh, there may be a pattern that I want to get down. There may Mm -hmm. be a certain, uh, like certain fingerings that I'm trying to, to get with that other people are showing. Um, there's tons of things on YouTube that you can digest at any point. And like, if you run out of ideas, you don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to go it alone. Yeah. Right? You call up YouTube and like somebody's going to show you something that you have not done and that you cannot do right. Yeah. And then, you know, I work on that for an hour. Right. Um, And what I try and do is for that time, you know, I, I make it my goal that when I leave that half hour, hour or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to know how to do that thing, whatever it is. I'm going to be noticeably better at it than I was. Right. At the start. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. what about you? Uh, see, I think that's really like, um, that's good. Like for, I, I think that's very impressive that you have those habits in place. And, you know, um, I will just say, um, one of the other things too, as I was kind of exploring this topic over the past few weeks, I started asking random bass players that, um, that 
like that I admire, right. That are out there and I'll ask them what their practice habits are. And what was amazing to me is that so many, um, don't have a practice routine. They don't Mm -hmm. have, um, they don't talk anything about, it's almost like taboo. Yeah. And I realized like, okay, but that's like, that's been me, right? Like if someone asked me a year ago, what do you practice? I'm like, I'd probably say, you know, I practice, you know, three or four, maybe five times a day because three or four days out of the week I'm gigging Mm -hmm. and that's practice. And I start to fit things into what could be practice versus like actual practice. And, you know, and so that's, you know, to me, like what you have in place is actually, um, it's cool. Very impressive. So, yeah. So for me, I would say like practice, like as of the past few years really just looks like learning songs. Yeah. I mean, sporadically, I would kind of learn, like from a time standpoint, it was sporadic from, I mean, it, it, it it's just like all over the place. Like, oh, I've got, you know, some time here. I'm going to time block this. And I would just learn like two or three songs, whatever I need to either brush up on or just learn whatever songs. Right. Or maybe I would get like, I remember I went through a period a, a couple of years ago where I just started like learning new songs that I've never, that I've always wanted to. Oh, And then yeah. just like start tackling like them and you know, I, that. I went through a phase like that. Yeah. Like literally last month, uh-huh. I kind of, for whatever reason, just pulled out a couple artists that I always loved the work. Yeah. And I guess I probably tried it when I was young and was like, uh, I, you know, this is way beyond. Right. And pulled them back out. And now like, you know, 25 years later, I'm like, oh, I, I have gotten a little better because yeah. this isn't, really that it's not that bad anymore. Right. It takes right. work, but, yeah. but you can do but it. I can do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, um, you know, so I've had little things here and there, but you know, for me, and I guess I'm going back in time. Right. So then, but if I look at like my first few years, like, I, uh, my first year of playing bass, it was just like me in love with the bass and twiddling my fingers around on it and like getting yeah. sounds out of it. Yeah. It was awful. God like, bless my roommates. Look at me, I'm a bass player. Oh man, I've I've played it. I played it out of like my uh, my Pioneer stereo. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just awful. Like it's like in the you know the microphone jack of it. Ah, awful. Oh my goodness. And then um and then I took lessons for two years and right. then I moved and then I moved to Fredericksburg or somewhere around there, something like that. And and then I ended up. Uh, yeah, and then I took lessons again with a guitar player who basically was um, really into like kind of Eastern music, and and we went through we spent a lot of time around like m- like modal scales and then right. detuning and weird stuff like right. got re- like I really started to expand like what I can do on the bass, a- and then yeah, <laughs> and then I you know, and that was probably like the first I would say five you know all of that took place first five years and then yeah. Yeah, there's a big period of time where basically after that, once you start gigging yeah. regularly, it's like learn the song, learn the song. It's it's all about it becomes all about songs. And so, you know, having a good repertoire of songs yeah. is you know, definitely a really important thing. So I very practical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say it's very practical. There's no reason like I don't think anybody should be ashamed of like no. spending time practicing songs because you learn a lot about timing, yep. a lot about intonation, about um, space uh-huh. and groove from studying the players that you really, really like. You learn about yeah. them, you synthesize that, and then you kind of become your own player. Maybe yeah. not, you know, the day after you do that, but 
you know, 10 years after you've been digesting this stuff, it starts to come out of you and you're very in a, a way that is you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So all that the stuff years, is very good. Yeah. All the years of like playing, you know, reggae stuff and then funk and rock and jazz and blues and it, it becomes some, the amalgam that is whatever player you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, so what, so what about people who are able to practice longer? Like, yeah. you know, uh, I know that I've seen plenty of things out there for people who are like, I mean, they're, they're practicing like I do my job during right. the day. Yeah. Because that is their job. Right. Pro, pro musicians. Yeah. Yes. And that's also part of like the backdrop of all this that's like been burning in my my mind is that I'm listening to all these interviews and if I sort of like um if I if I if I put together the basis that and musicians not just basis but mostly basis because that's what I'm listening to but these professionals that are that have come out of school like whether it's Berkeley or mm-hmm. you know wherever like some major music school um and and they're talking about how they're still practicing now like it's still part of their job to do 2 to 3 to 4 hours yeah yeah a day um and, and so many of these bass players that are like pros and and they're in their 50s and 60s they're right. still like blocking out that time right right um but the one thing that i think really starts it is that when they're in music school it's a, it's something that i know i never had the opportunity to and and so many of the musicians that i know haven't had that opportunity is like having 4 years of higher education where you're just 24/7 music right i mean you think about that like right. i get i get to this point where i'm like you know what i'm going to like i'm going to foreclose on my house and go back to college <laughs> and just do 4 years yeah. of only music like that sounds dreamy and then my wife gives me like you know reality roll. slap <laughs> yeah um yeah i think all of us cool. have probably had that dream at one time or another of of you know just kind of you know packing it in and saying you know what i'm going to take a few years off and i'm going to go go back to school and that's right. Learn to play like these kids. And yeah, I mean, maybe that's an option for some people. I, sure. you know, I hear that like the brain is more neuroplastic, right? Uh-huh. That's what they call it. Like you have neuroplasticity is your, right. your brain's ability to like, like adjust to new knowledge and yep. reshape itself, like form new pathways and, and give you new skills and stuff that it's, your brain doesn't stop being able to do that just because you're older. And, right. and there are all sorts of environmental factors that affect it. And one of the things is like, if you play music a lot, your neuroplasticity is going to be higher than people That's right. who don't do something that exercises the brain like that. Right. Yeah. So that, you know, who knows that might be an option for somebody. I think it's, like it's yeah. for me, it's something I, I dream of on a regular basis, but I know that it is not realistic. Yeah. Well, because so. I also dream of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> but I do that too. <laughs> I do that too. Maybe it'll be right around the corner. I keep hoping for a that's right. A big buyout. I, I don't think it's a gonna big, happen. Oh a, a podcast buyout. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we're on the market. I'm just is waiting. that what we're doing here? I don't know. Is this our retirement plan? Bring who's Elon Musk, you wanna buy our podcast? That's Are you right. kidding? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I've dreamed of this moment, Elon. <laughs> private, anyway. private sale. Yeah. So, um, but the thing, <laughs> yeah, he's taking, he's taking practical base private. That's right. <laughs> so uh, what, what do you do though? If you, if you can't 
do that though. If you if you're right. if you're not in a position to drop your job or your mortgage or whatever and go back to you know yeah. apply to Berkeley, get in, play for four years there. How right. do you how do you make a regimen that's going to work? And that and that's exactly where I got to. Is like okay, I can't do that, but I can. You know, there are th- there are practices that you can put in place, and yeah. part of it is just creating creating a plan creating a practice plan something that's something that's attainable something that is um you know it's a regiment that is yeah. like set in place and has um you know some parameters around has goals it has, goes right back to our time blocking episode right and, and if you guys listening haven't heard that um you're you're gonna want to go back and listen to that episode yep. on time blocking because i really yes. think it's it's it will have an yeah. impact for you. But we, that's what you're talking about. That's basically. exactly it. So then I start thinking about like, okay, so how do you create this? How do you create this? And and that is actually the first part for me mm-hmm. is the time block. Making the time for it. Yeah. And what what would that look like? I mean, you could do it different ways, right? Yeah. So um, you know, um and, and part of this I'll talk about what my plan is and then yeah. you know also just some like ideas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's whoever you know, wants to take this on. This is your plan. This is your time, your project. Um, my, uh, my goal was to set 30 minutes a day. Yeah. That's brilliant. And, and, and I do it. Um, I'm, I'm sneaking in more time because there's a, you know, because, because I'm getting hooked on it, but it is every morning. Yeah. Almost like in a meditative state, you know, that's, that's great. Before the coffee, before any of that, just, you know, you wake up that. and you're in a very receptive state, I think, yep. at that point. It's only everything that happens after that that kind of like makes you, pers- you know, progressively want to shut down <laughs> as you go through the day. Yeah. Like all the things that happen yeah. in, in life. And so yeah. at that point, though, you're totally open to whatever's coming. Yeah. What a great, yeah, what a great opportunity. Yeah. And, but I mean, you, you wouldn't have to do it every day, right? I mean, no. like, like, I, you know, like I said, I do. And I'm not trying to like make excuses for my regimen. I actually really like the idea of yours so much that it's starting to, you know, tick in the back of my brain. Hey, maybe I should make that a goal for next month. Like try and start something up like that. But you could also do like, maybe that won't work from somebody. Like they, they already have to get up super early, catch a train, whatever vehicle they got it, whatever drive to work slave away for the man or whatnot. Right. They, Maybe you exercise yeah. in the morning. You know, I know some people do that yeah. and like, you know, yeah. that's also good. Yeah. Don't like whatever habits. And this is all of this stuff is a lot like, to me, it's like exercise. You would, yeah. You or would meditating yeah. or whatever it is. It's like things that you have to put in place. You do it, but you also have to make it work for you or you right. keep up with it. That's right? right. Yeah. So, you know, you could do like that three days a week, cut out an hour yeah. every three, you know, three days a week. Like maybe you do it like Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday or something yeah. like that. Um, or, right. I mean, at worst, you, you know, you try and cram all that in yeah. like, oh, Sunday I, is my lazy day. So yeah. I'm going to put in several hours that day. Yeah. You know, the there are trade-offs for that. I think most most neuroscientists will tell you mm-hmm. you you benefit more from less more off doing less right. more often yeah. than doing it all at one time, if that makes sense. Right. So yeah. like 15 minutes, even 15 minutes a day right. 
is going to be way more powerful than three hours all at once on the weekend. Yeah. Right. And what's 15 minutes? You can get on your phone in the morning and like scan through social media for 15 minutes yes. and wonder where that 15 minutes went. Instead, just plug in some like some practice in there. It's to me that the shorter spans is better for me because I feel like every day I'm building on the last yes. bit of exercise. Yep. The challenge I've had with doing like the once a week is that I learn so much. I get like I kind of burn out in that one session. Yeah. And then the following week I have to redo it all. Right. Because it doesn't sink in. But anything is better than nothing. Definitely. But I'll definitely preach the like more regular, you know, even if it's like three times a week, yeah. just something that has more of like a, you know, a, a regularity than once a week. Yeah, you I would feel rather you're going to get benefit, yeah. more benefit out of yeah, it. Yeah, you want that cadence. Yeah. So what, what, kind of, what kind of skills would one set up to improve? I mean, there's a lot of possibilities here, Sure. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's where like, you know, with the whole goal setting thing and, and we were talking about time blocking, like setting goals. And even when we talked about the, the um, having, you know, crucial conversations, yes. like all this is about setting those goals. Right. It's, so it's not just about like, hey, I've got this time set aside. You also have to decide ahead of time, yeah. here's what I'm going to do with it. And that way you're not kind of frittering it away saying, oh, well, there went my 15 minutes. I've, oh, I guess I didn't have a plan. Right. Or there goes like 12 months and you look back and say like, what did I like? Yeah. What was my plan? What was yeah. my, like, where was I 12 months ago? And was there even yeah. a plan yeah. or, you know? And that's why I think having a goal is, you know, important, right. whether you, you know, something that's attainable. So, you know, I mean, and that can be anything, right? For ev everybody has sort of these pockets, you know, I, when you look at like the sight reading piece, which right. is something that I am, you know, somewhat fearful of, I, I'm definitely, um, I procrastinate that. Right. I right. won't be honest. Right. So that, I mean, but that's a thing where, you know, if you're doing this on your own, you can mm -hmm. you can grab it. No one's there to judge you except yourself, and that's right. you know. And then you can be fair with yourself and not yeah. have to do it like, oh, well, instead I'm going to learn how to sight read at this gig in front of 400 people. Yeah. I'm going to learn that I don't know autumn leaves as well as I thought yeah. I did, or whatever. And and that's right. And I think all of this really um, is under this umbrella of like, um, just like pillow talk with yourself. Just be honest with yourself, yeah, yeah. you know, know like where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. Yeah. We all have a tendency to not want to talk about what we're not good at yeah. or what, or what we've avoided. Right. Right. And, you know, so, and there, you know, there's a, there's a, a bunch of examples that, mm -hmm. that, that you provided that are really good. I mean, you know, are, are you as a player, I'm not asking you, Dave, but I mean, like I'm asking our audience, yeah. right? Ask yourself. Do you feel comfortable if somebody pointed to a random fret on your fretboard? Right. Could you name that note? Like that's how right. fast could you name that note? Yeah. If it's if it's not as fast as you would like, uh -huh. that's something that you can do. Yeah. Right? Um, you can learn that all of these things are things you can all you of these can learn. Are learnable. Yeah. yeah. Like taking theory and uh -huh. kind of applying it to your bass parts like I'm trying to outline a chord here. Well, right. What chord is this? And what what degree of the scale or yep. the key of the song yep. is that chord in? That's right. right? Figuring those things out, you know, yep. knowing different rhythms, like being able to interpret odd rhythms and polyrhythms mm -hmm. and just even being able to dissect a simple 4-4 four, four into different 
you know, into different subdivisions yep. and you know, that kind of thing. Um, being able to play and sing at the same time. That's a huge one. Right? You could those are yeah. things you could work on. Right. Um, you have something here, textural skills. So for me, this I'm is intrigued. um this is this encompasses like all of the other uh um, and I'm just, I'm probably making up, I'm using it the wrong term, but for me, it's just the way that you approach um, the tone and different ways yeah. to attack this, your bass. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, um, you know what? You might not be the, you might not be the bass player that, um, that in, that slap bass comes natural to, yeah. but yeah. why not learn it? That speaks or, to me. Like that speaks to me very deeply because yeah. when I first started playing, like for my first 10 or 15 years, yeah. I talked myself into not being able to do that. Right. You can't do that. You can, you'll yeah, never you convince learn. yourself. Yeah. You're, you're hopeless at this. Yeah. And you'll justify it too. Yeah. Like it's not even, you can't even use it in music. Oh yeah. It's yeah. not even like, Who it's needs not practical. That? Yeah. Who yeah, needs yeah. that? Yeah. And then, you know, I basically started putting myself yeah. in situations where I had to learn it because- yep. I, that felt like the honest thing to right. do. And then that kind of, you know, forced me to, to That's work right. on those parts. Yeah. Or, but, or, yeah. Um, or pick bass, yep. you know, playing with a pick. No, and none yeah. of this is like any of these like textural things to me is like better or worse, you know, playing, um, trying to emulate an upright bass off of an electric bass. Yes. It's so cool to be yeah. able to do that. Cause you never know when you'll need to, right? Like, having all these like different textures that you can bring. I love this. I actually love, I know you were kind of playing it off, but I really uh -huh. love this idea that these are, that this textural skill is about, yeah. it's about interpretation and it's about getting the bass to generate textures, right. sound textures yeah. that you want. Yeah. That really, I mean, I think that's super because, you know, you see a lot of people employ this you know they'll yeah. play with a thumb only right to get a certain you know and palm muting yep. and all sorts of things that you can do to make your bass sound different for different songs and that's all of these things are going to make you a better player whether yeah. you, you know whether you consciously are embarking on it or not and the thing is if you consciously embark on it you're going to get better at it sooner right than if you just <laughs> right. happened into it by accident that's right what a exactly. great idea. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Studying new, you know, you might study a new genre. Yeah. You might be working on like, hey, my hand gets tired when I play too long. So I need to, you know, I need to just kind that's of right. like develop my endurance a bit. Not not work through the pain, because that's never good. No. That's not a good idea. But just being able to learn like, how to make it comfortable so that yeah. you can go for a while. So here's like case in point. One of the one of the things that I consciously worked on, and I would say this is around my third or fourth year playing bass. Yeah, I still had like badly flying fingers, flying fingers, oh, totally. flying pinky, especially. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where they're like yeah. what, flapping all around, and that's I'm, a great moment. I think for any bass player, like when when you get, um, you know, at a certain point, you start to you start to notice that your pinky is going. Yeah. Yeah, your pinky's just wherever it wants to be, yeah. and it's not helpful. Wherever it is, it's not a helpful <laughs> place. And so, you know, I worked, I actually yeah. spent the better part, I'm not lying, the better part of six months uh -huh. 
I practiced against a wall, like literally just stood against a wall. My forehead was on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God I was in like, this is in college. And thank God I was in a room that was a single because if I had a roommate, they probably would have like turned me into, Uh, you know, padded walls, baby. Yeah. Health services or whatever. Like my roommate (laughs) is probably going to hurt somebody. Yeah. So yeah, no, I just stood up against a wall and played against it. And that forced my left hand to get better at that. You know, that's right. Yeah. But, but yeah, all the, but all these things that you can do with that time, but you know, then there's that, the one last, Mm -hmm. like there's that one last time blocking. Right. Um, factor. That's right. Is to, uh, yeah. Build in accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Like how, whatever that looks like for you. But if, if you want to be honest with yourself, like for me, I'm the type of person that I share it with people. Right, like I'll share it with Paul. I'm sharing it on the podcast, but I'll share it, you know, yeah. sharing it to the world. Yeah. No, but I mean, I'll, I'll share the it to people world. that are that are close to me. Right. Um, even my kids, right? Yeah. Because I, that's my accountability. Yeah. Because I don't want to be called out of like, hey, you said you would do this. Where are you now? Yeah. You know? But oh. even, you know, even making yourself accountable to the point of like, maybe it's keeping a public journal. Right. If you are not comfortable doing that, you know, they're- there's a limit to all things. And we, you know, we do believe in moderation and all things. So we're not saying yeah. that if you're, if you're a very private or a shy person and the idea of doing that, if that is completely, mm-hmm. you know, out of the question for you, for whatever reason, um, you know, there, you can make yourself accountable, I think, by writing it down. Like that's, that's right. if you totally. put it, make, make a journal. Yeah. And if you have a plan in your journal that outlines each day what you're going to do. And, you know, I think you could probably yep. do that in advance. That's right. That keeps you accountable because every day you turn the page, there's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be doing that day. Yeah. And now you can be accountable for it. Okay, this is what I need to do. And you can go through it and be done and know that that is one more day that you're now better than you were the day before. Yeah. You could even like on an electronic, like you could set up like an Excel sheet. Yeah. That just has days and little boxes and you just check yep. off like, oh, scales, um, transposing, yep. whatever, like all these different skills and just, and it's not that you're yes. going to grade it or whatever, but you just want to make sure that when you look back the past week, the past month, the past year, you know what you did that you day. know what you did. You can kind of see like right. how many checks and how many blanks. Right. Right. You right. know, if you see two, two months straight with blanks, like, well, that's. That's You're, what happened. Yeah, you now like you now have a way of looking at that and saying, okay, yeah. I, that's something I need to correct. Yep. Right. You can't talk yourself out of looking at like fifty blank lines. Right. You know exactly. What I mean? But you know, but also you know, again, every day is another day to turn it around. Right. Sure. Yeah. Which so. is the beauty of all of this, right? Right. So, so then you have like, um, so if you have like the plan, you have like the the whole thing is set in place, and then you're ready to like build this practice regiment, then like the next step for me was, you know, what, what tools are out there? Right. What do I right. have that's available? Because what's really cool is that it's like 2018. You're correct. It's the future. You're correct. It's it is the future, officially the future. It's 2018. And if we think about like part of this, we're talking about when we first got started. Yeah. And I was thinking about the lessons that I was taking, which were like really cool, yeah. but very classical studied yeah. because it was all based off of like, you know, certain studies that were based off of like, you know, the, the, you know, the 
classic like Mel's like books and all of that, right? right? So now we are in a world where like there's the internet and it is a, there's just, there are so many resources out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just realized that it literally is 30 years since I bought, like I picked up, bought, started playing my first bass. It was 1988. Yep. And I just, I can't fathom all of the resources that we have now. Like what I had mm-hmm. when I started, and not to be like old, you know, old man, like get off my lawn, just right. more that it's, it's an amazing time to be out yeah. there because like when I started, I, you know, I, I bought some music books. I had a yeah. pamphlet. I had this like pamphlet sized book that it turns out they still sell, by the way. Really? I, I don't have the name of it in front of me. I'll, I'll try and find it for the show notes. But it is a pamphlet-sized book that is made to fit like in your base case, like under the neck or whatever, oh, or in the pocket. Yeah. And you open it up, and it basically is like a complete primer on how to play the bass, right. from like how to hold your hand, right. how to pluck a note, all the way to doing some simple scales and understanding a little bit of music notation if you didn't already know that as I did. Yeah. Um, so it has all of these different things in it. It's like you buy the bass, you're like, oh, here's a bass. It's ins- and yeah. instructions on how to play it. Yeah, literally. It, That's all you it's need. Like, that. like it was the equivalent <laughs> of like the Honer harmonica books right. where it would give right. you like blowing and drawing and all those right. sorts of things. So, yeah. you know, I went from that and a couple books, mm-hmm. literally books of sheet music right? Bought yep. off the shelf for a couple albums that I really liked. And, yeah. you know, going from that to nowadays where everything you could possibly imagine you can get out there digitally, like including up to and including essentially the equivalent of a one-on-one lesson with a great player who's showing right. you how to do things. Right. That you can rewind at any time and just keep yeah. going back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think, and and I toyed with this, right? Because I say the internet, there's just so much there, right? Because everything is there, but there's also, you could also take lessons online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that are either like real time or also like, okay, I pay this amount per month yeah. and I can like dip into whatever, you know, whatever lesson I want to learn for yeah. that period and, of time. Yeah. So, so what are some other things? I mean, the internet, we could go on all yeah. day. Yeah. It's so big. Dude. Yeah. The internet is so it's much. World, it's literally worldwide. It's like worldwide. It's like, like it's universe world. wide. They yeah. should call it the universe wide web because nothing else is going on in the universe. So you might as well just take <laughs> That's that. That's not very Why catchy, didn't Dave. Your marketing license is revoked. Uh, marketing. The universe wide. Right. <laughs> well, um, hey, I think a metronome is super important if you're yes. going to talk about yes. practice. Oh my um, gosh. And in fact, I think, um, and I'll take it one step further, Please, that there everybody. are metronomes with now, whatever you call it, drop beats or yes, whatever they're called, where they basically pull out beats either randomly yep. or you can schedule them in. Please, everyone, if you don't have one, get a metronome. I mean, you have a phone, most likely. Yep. You're probably listening to us on it right now. Yep. Get a metronome a metronome app. You can get them free, yep. um, perfectly good ones. Yep. There, there's no reason that a, a player, any player nowadays, should not be in possession of yep. and using a metronome, even if it's for simply for building your internal time clock, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I use a metronome really only when I'm doing kind of, you know, chord progressions and scales. I mean, when I'm exploring different styles, there's other things that we can use for that. Yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, like it is, it's crucial. And, and as basis, we, you know, rhythm is kind of important. Yeah. We live and die by that beat. Yeah. So, um, and then one of the things that I've really come into, uh, recently is the, like the reference tone, the drones, whatever yeah. you can use for it. Like, I don't know, you could have a keyboard that does it or whatever, or, but online you can get a bunch of like kind of, um, you know, there are websites where you can hit like a D. Right. Maybe like a cello D, right? Because right. a cello has like those nice tones. Right. And it helps you really understand, like if for me, it puts in place all of the, all of like the arpeggios and the scales and all of that. It starts to right. make much more sense when you have a reference tone in there. Right, right. It you is can a use difference. It for, you can use it for interval training, yep. chord training, all sorts of things. You start to you really hear that. the modes. Yeah. You yeah, know, instead absolutely. of just knowing like, oh, the mode is just like an extension of this and this, you know, now you start to hear like what they really feel like, what they agreed. sound like. Agreed. Highly agreed. Yeah. So what else is out there? Uh, visual aids. Oh, you know what, rem um, visual aids, I will always think of those you know, those couple posters that are mm -hmm. like, there's like super mystical looking with like fire on them. Mm -hmm. And they like the wheel of fourths and, right. and the circle of fourths and circle of fifths. And right. like, they're all mystical with these Chinese ideograms. And you yes. know what I'm, you know the ones totally. I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 They're like, you probably found them well, on like every guy who was playing guitar in like yeah. 1971 had one of these on his wall or something. Oh yeah. Or the poster of like, um, that guitars will have with, like of the cord, um, yeah. fingerboards, like yes. all of them on yes. one poster. Yep. They never used the poster, but they had them there. But you have the poster. You got the poster, but that that's counts. kind of what I'm thinking about, right? Like it's sex it, in. It does like, and, and it's because we all learn in a different way. And yeah. some people see shapes, some people see the pattern, some mm -hmm. people's like whatever that's, you know, whatever that's not, works. that's not yeah. anything for us to judge, but whatever, whatever works for you is the right yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So what are some other things? I think a keyboard is a huge thing to have. I think those are very, very useful too. And, you know, you can get like, I mean, geez, you can get a mini, like even just a small one octave yeah. or two octave keyboard controller yeah. for so cheap, right? 50 bucks. Yeah. You know? Oh, you can go to a garage sale and get, get an old Casio. Casio for yeah, like $5 or a dollar. I just want a Casio again <laughs> that I can press a button and be like, boop, pick, boop, pick, boop, pick. I just want that. But, and, and, and for those, uh, yeah, like I think the beauty of the piano really is that just the way that the notes are laid out. Mm -hmm. This yeah. might be, you know, this might be clearly obvious to a lot of people, but I, you have to like understand that that is, uh, the way the notes lay out there, it, all this theory stuff really starts to make much more sense. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know, your natural notes versus yep. your your accidentals and so yep. forth, right? Yeah. And, you know, some other things out there, uh, you know, I think there's reading material, right. especially, yep. um, you know, having fake books is great yep. because that way you've got a set of chords or changes that mm -hmm. you can kind of, walk through you can find a million youtube videos right not to mention actual artist renditions of songs mm -hmm. that you can then kind of follow along with a fake book yep and listen to what the bass player is doing you can kind of dissect it you yep. might transcribe it but That's you can right. also compare it to what's written 
Yeah. You might see there are differences or similarities and then be able to actually like pull that in and synthesize that as part yeah. of your learning as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, the big things as far as like tools to put in place or, uh, for me are the constraints in general. Yeah. Right. So that's like, if you're, um, and, and this is not to get like too technical as to like what, you know, practice exercises are out there. Cause there's like thousands of them and they're being invented all the time and you can invent them. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's creating some constraints. So if you're yeah. doing some sort of like, you know, if, if you're doing like arpeggios, do the arpeggios in a circle of fifths, right? So that there's a pattern of how you're doing them. Yes. But you can only do them in the first like five frets. Yeah. Because what that does is it forces you to change shapes. Yes. And then add constraints like, and I have to name every note that I play while I do it. Right. It's like lifting weights and putting more stuff. And that's the, those are the painful exercises. Those yeah. are the ones that you're like, but I don't want to. That, that, like, when you get to that point that you don't want to do it, that's probably, that's your stretch. Right. That's your stretch exercise right. where you're like, oh, this one hurts, you know, or like, right. do, you know, fourth, uh, you know, fourth intervals, but only on one string and yeah. you can't go past your, your, you know, you can't go past the 12th fret <laughs> and you, and you have to like randomly find it and right. it's forcing you to know your notes it's forcing you to be quicker and forcing you yep. to learn, like, understand your neck. Yep. Those constraints, those games that you can play are, like, and that's where you see a that's lot of musicians. Cool. They have they have these these practice skills, and it's because at the end of the day, they're having fun with it. Yes. And they're yes. curious, and they want, and they, it's that Zen thing of, like, be the student. I love it. I love it. Be the student. Be the student, man. Fantastic. Well, what a great talk, man. I'm really inspired by that, and I hope that... Um, some of our listening audience also was inspired. We would love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear feedback about this episode or even what you're doing with your practice routines that is fun and exciting and keeping you engaged. You can do that through our website at practicalbase.com. You can use the contact form there to email us, or you can just email us directly at podcast at practicalbase.com. You can contact us on Facebook or Google Plus, even Instagram or Twitter. We'd love to hear from our listeners, so please don't be shy. We uh, we love to hear from folks, uh, any kind of feedback, plus or minus. And we look forward to doing this again for you each week. The way that you can help us is twofold. One of them is to subscribe. That's very easy. You simply uh, visit your favorite podcast or podcatching app. That might be podcasts on your Apple iPhone. It might be iTunes on your Mac device. It might be Google Play, or it might be Stitcher Radio, or any of a number of other podcatching apps that are out there. Search for Practical Base and hit the subscribe link. You'll get a fresh episode delivered to you every week. Yep. And we we can't wait to bring you the next one of these uh, so that you get something fresh in your inbox that you can you know, really jog those creative uh, uh, impulses in your brain. And we also hope that you will do the second thing, which is share this with friends. And it doesn't mean just telling them word of mouth. We really would appreciate it if you share via social media. If you see a post from us, feel free to echo it out. That helps us because it helps us uh, reach more people. When we reach more people, uh, there's there's more ability for us to kind of bring the base community together. And that's what we really yearn for. So we hope that you will do that as well. 
Um, either way, we hope you enjoyed this this episode of Practical Base. And until next time, I'm Paul Freelds. And I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. I got it now. No, that is not. That's that is unprofessional right there. Super unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the middle. We're like, then, and then I had an idea. It's like that 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 like meditative (laughs) moment before you hit the record button, and of course that goes. That just broke everything. All right, let's.